Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal, On The Hoof. Hello, my name is Chris Neal and welcome to this edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On The Hoof podcast, which we aim to summarise a selection of accepted early view or recently published articles. Today we look at a paper accepted in December 2022 that attempted to determine whether the adjunctive treatment of superficial digital flexor tendonitis in flat thoroughbred racehorses with stem cells is superior to when using a controlled exercise rehabilitation program alone. Primary authors were Rachel Saltz and Christopher Elliott, who are both diplomats of the American College of Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation based in New South Wales, Australia. Superficial digital flexor tendonitis is responsible for up to 46% of all limb injuries in racehorses, according to the literature. Due to the tendon's inherently poor regenerative capacity, repair involves the deposition of mechanically inferior scar tissue. This results in re-injury rates ranging from 16 to 53%, with higher rates noted in flat thoroughbred racehorses. The use of mesenchymal stem cells to create a more favourable and biomechanically sound tendon architecture post-SDFT injury has been widely used clinically and experimentally. However, no study has compared the racing outcomes and re-injury rates of horses treated this way to rest and controlled exercise alone. The authors aim to address this gap in the literature, hypothesising that the additional use of stem cells in SDFT tendonitis would result in an increased likelihood of returning to racing and reduced chance of re-injury. To test their hypothesis, the authors created a retrospective unicentric cohort study of the clinical records and racing outcome of 213 flat thoroughbred racehorses that were diagnosed with first occurrence SCFT overstrain injury between 2005 and 2016. The demographic was varied, however 71.8% of horses were male and a median age of injury was four years of age. All cases were diagnosed as having a grade 2 to 4 core lesion on ultrasound with varied lesion cross-sectional area and lengths. Horses were treated under ultrasound guidance either with a single injection of autologous bone marrow-derived mesenchymal stem cells or allergenic adipose-derived stem cells, whilst others were treated with controlled exercise alone. Whilst practitioners administering each treatment differed and the timing of implantation slightly varied, stem cell collection and harvest were standardised between horses. The 52-week controlled exercise programme was also standardised across the cohort, although it could be modified depending on ultrasonographic progress. Racing records were reviewed for a minimum of three years post-injury and two years post-return to racing. Two main binary outcomes were measured. Firstly, whether horses returned to racing, and secondly, whether horses subsequently competed for five or more races. In their results, the authors noted that 61% of all horses underwent a controlled exercise program alone, whilst 31% had additional bone marrow-derived and 8% had additional allergenic adipose-derived stem cell therapy. When inputting their data into a multivariable model, they found that horses treated with bone marrow-derived mesenchymal stem cells were three times more likely to return to racing than when treated with controlled exercise alone. However, the addition of adipose-derived mesenchymal stem cells had no beneficial effect at returning horses to racing, although the small sample size perhaps limits meaningful conclusions. As expected, being injured as a two- to three-year-old, being male, 
likely due to the breeding pressures. Having a shorter lesion length and having started over two races before injury were positive predictors of returning to racing. As a general rule, each additional centimetre of lesion length reduced the chance of competing again by 10%. However, lesion cross-sectional error on ultrasound was not significantly associated with return to racing in the cohort. This is interesting as the literature notes that lesion cross-sectional error is an important characteristic in guiding prognosis. Given only 6% of horses in the study had lesion cross-sectional errors of greater than 50%, this perhaps explains a surprising outcome. In their second multivariate model, the authors found again that the addition of bone marrow-derived mesenchymal stem cells doubled the likelihood of racing for more than five times post-injury. However, the effect was less pronounced than in the first model. Again, adipose-derived stem cell therapy had no beneficial effect in the cohort. Improved chances of racing longer post-injury were also noticed in geldings compared with mares and stallions, and those horses competing for 3 to 14 races before injury compared with 0 to times before injury. Interestingly, lesion grade, length or cross-sectional area did not affect a horse's chances of competing for over 5 races post-injury. Despite these results indicating that bone marrow-derived stem cells are beneficial in SDFT overstrain injuries in flat thoroughbred racehorses, some questions and limitations remain. Unfortunately, no industry-wide stem cell dosing regime or timing of implantation is available to the practitioner for both bone marrow-derived and adipose-derived stem cells. This creates a wide variation in treatment protocol, meaning results are difficult to extrapolate across the industry. Although not known, differing doses or number of injection sites are likely required for differing lesion sizes. Therefore, the outcomes of stem cell therapy in larger lesion lengths may actually be underestimated here. Furthermore, although using data from different practitioners reduces bias, ultrasonographic techniques and tracing mechanisms vary. This may have created inaccuracies in lesion cross-sectional area and length measurements, perhaps reducing confidence in the study's conclusions. Additionally, value of horse and earnings before injury are also likely to have played roles in treatment choices and racing longevity here. Earnings before and after treatment and or grades of races entered could have been measured by the authors, which may have provided further information. Theoretically, owners of horses starting 3 to 14 races may be more invested in rehabilitating these cases than those injured very early on in their racing careers. Perhaps most importantly, the authors had no way of knowing how strictly trainers adhered to their rehabilitation regime. It's conceivable that horses being treated with costly stem cell therapy were closely monitored and more strictly followed the rehabilitation therapy prescribed. Ideally, studied with blinding and randomization and strict rehabilitation program standardization are needed. However, these are difficult to perform with adequate sample sizes in practice. Despite the limitations noted, the authors have reported the potential beneficial effects of using bone marrow-derived mesenchymal stem cells in naturally occurring SDFT overstrain injuries in practice. Whilst many variables exist, trainers and owners can be given a better understanding of how beneficial interlesional therapy may be, guiding their decision process both from a welfare and economical perspective. That concludes the review of this study. And many thanks for listening to this edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On The Heath podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon and we'll review another of the journal's early access articles. 
Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Channel podcast. More about the subjects discussed today can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash evj.